The content of the Think Dimension podcast is based on the individual opinion and experiences of Amy House and should not be used as or in place of medical care. Think Dementia recommends you consult a physician if you have medical concerns for yourself or a loved one. This disclaimer also extends to any guests or content creators of the show. And now, let's think dementia. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Think Dementia. This is Amy House, and I really appreciate you joining the podcast. By joining this podcast today and listening, you are doing something for yourself. And that really has a lot to do with today's question. Let's go ahead and listen. Hi, Amy. After three years of intense scrambling and advocating for my mother, I started to experience some pretty serious burnout. Um, for example, I would get a good eight hours of sleep at night and I would wake up just exhausted. I quickly learned how to regroup, to set boundaries around myself in order to care for myself. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about self-care for the caregiver and burnout. Thanks a lot. Wow. Thank you so much for your question. I think that is a great example of how you can just find yourself in that caregiver burnout and not even realize. Here are some of the signs and symptoms of caregiver burnout. You can find these on the Notre Dame Healthcare website, notredamehealthcare.org, and also the Alzheimer's Association has some great resources. Caregiver burnout is where somebody is getting so stressed, emotionally exhausted, and physically exhausted that they can begin to have health problems of their own, and they can have a change in their personality, and their health can decline. I remember seeing Tipa Snow a few years ago at a conference, and she said that care partners are four times more likely to develop dementia themselves after caregiving. And this is because being a care partner sometimes means that you put your own personal health, whether it's your physical health or mental or emotional health to the side, and you don't take care of yourself. You may not be eating well, you may not be taking your own medications or following up with your own health concerns. And all of these things can be a recipe for dementia for yourself later down the road. So we want to avoid that, of course. One of the things that we need to do is start thinking about the signs and symptoms to recognize in yourself. Now, first of all, if you are a care partner out there and you are facing caregiver burnout, there is a number that you can call with the Alzheimer's Association, and they have a crisis hotline. That number is 1-800-272-3900. That is a 24-hour helpline through the Alzheimer's Association if you yourself or your loved one are facing a crisis and you don't know what to do. Again, that is 1-800-272-3900. You can also go to the website for your local county that may have some crisis resources that can help you in a situation where you're feeling you're at the end of your rope. 
we don't want you to be hurt. We don't want your loved one to be hurt. And we want to make sure that if you're feeling like you're in a crisis, you reach out to someone right now. Let's talk about some of the symptoms of caregiver burnout and caregiver stress. Now, one of the things that you may have are some physical symptoms, such as having stomach aches or headaches or muscle tension. These are signs that maybe you're overdoing it. You might be getting sick more frequently because of the stress in your body. You're just not able to keep your immune system going, and it's compromised. And so you're catching every cold or every flu that comes around, and you know, just not taking care of yourself can again mean that you get sick more frequently. Somebody may have a lack of appetite or overeating. If you find that as a care partner, you're just grabbing a granola bar here and a granola bar there, that is not enough. You need to eat nutritious meals so that you can stay healthy for your loved one. Another big one would be sleep. If you have trouble sleeping and you can't sleep or you want to sleep all day long, those are signs that you're experiencing caregiver burnout and there may be ways to help. You also may feel absolutely exhausted. I know these feelings because I have worked with many, many people living with dementia over the years, and sometimes I have helped them through some challenging times, and even though I'm there for a small amount of time, I can go home and I can keep thinking about it and thinking about it and turning questions over in my head and trying to problem solve and find that I start to neglect some of my basic needs to care for myself. So this can happen to anyone. This might be that you are a care partner who works with someone eight hours a day through a job, or this could be that you're a care partner at home caring for someone 24-7, or maybe you are the loved one who is across the country and you're doing your best to try and help from so far away that it's causing the stress and caregiver burnout in you. It doesn't just happen to someone who is caring for someone 24-7 and not able to sleep. These symptoms can happen at any stage in the journey. You may find yourself just feeling irritable. You might find yourself feeling hopeless or sad. Sometimes you might find yourself resenting your loved one and all the time that they're taking from you and maybe the plans that the two of you had together for your retirement that are now out the window. These are things that you then turn around and you feel guilt over because you know it's not their fault. You know that they're doing the best they can with the brain that they have and that you're trying your best to think dementia and adapt, which is a lot of thinking for yourself, okay? That is a lot of brain power that you're using every day, which can cause you to feel like you're running on empty. Hey there, listeners. This is Amy House with Think Dementia. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may realize now that during this dementia journey, you need to do more than just love someone. You need to learn how to adapt, and to do that, you have to think dementia. If you have found that helpful to listen to the podcast, please consider a monetary contribution. You can go and support the podcast by going to the website buymeacoffee.com backslash thinkdementia. The information is also on my website, think-dementia.com. Your contribution could be as small as buying me a cup of coffee so that I can continue bringing good information to care partners out there and helping them learn how to think dementia. Thank you so much for your support. Here are some ideas of what you could do if you are experiencing caregiver stress or burnout. First of all, meet with a friend, okay? 
tell that friend, I just need to talk and I need you to listen. And, you know, or maybe you say, I just want to listen to what's going on in your life for a bit and just shut my mind off to what's happening to me. Either way, taking a little bit of time to call a friend, get on FaceTime or on, you know, Messenger and doing a video call, meeting for coffee, whatever you can do. This can be something that can really alleviate your symptoms because your friends are out there to validate your feelings. Once in a support group, someone said something so good that I've been using it ever since. Somebody was wrestling with the question and not sure what to do. And then one of the people in the caregiver support group said, what would you advise your friend to do? And immediately the answer was, oh, well, I I would tell her to go ahead with it. I would tell her this is important for her health, for her safety, and that she should go ahead and do this. So sometimes just taking a moment and saying, I'm struggling with a decision. I'm struggling with whether or not I should maybe hire to have someone come in and help us in the home or maybe make a move to a care community. You might be struggling with those decisions and you might feel guilt over not being able to do it all. But take a moment and say, If this was your friend sitting in front of you at coffee telling you this story and wondering what to do, what advice would you give them? It just takes away that guilt that you have to sometimes really look at a situation for what it is and say, wow, if I was giving my friend advice, here's what I would tell them to do. They have to take care of themselves. And it's so true because if something happens to you, what is going to happen to the person that you're caring for with dementia? They need you to be your best at all times. And that means sometimes that you need to take time for yourself. And that is the next thing that you can do to alleviate caregiver burnout. Scheduling time for yourself could be simple. You might think, oh my goodness, I have to like plan a whole vacation to do this, or I have to take a whole day to do things. But it could be a little bit here and a little bit there. Maybe it's that you wake up an hour or two before the person you're caring for wakes up so that you can just have a cup of coffee, read a book, um, sit on the deck and enjoy the sunrise. Whatever it is that you used to do with your time before you were a care partner, those are ways that you can start your day out right. Also, you might just want to take a a two-hour break and be able to go run some errands or do some shopping or Go to a movie by yourself. Anything that would be something that you would just enjoy that would take your mind off that person for a little bit because that is where the caregiver burnout begins. You need to learn to focus on yourself in those moments. And when that person comes into your mind as you're enjoying that movie and you're wondering, oh my goodness, I wonder what they're doing right now or oh my goodness, I wonder if if they're giving that person a hard time that I hired to come in, you just acknowledge that thought and say, okay, I, I acknowledge that I'm thinking about it I'm going to put it away and focus on whatever's in front of you. Exercise is a really big part of this. Taking a moment to take a long walk or going on a bike ride, going to the gym, swimming, whatever it is that you can do for exercise, this can be, again, time for yourself that is very important for your health so that you can be the best you can be. You should set some realistic expectations. It's an easy trap to get into where you start to think, You have to do it all by yourself and that you're the only one who can do this and you're the only one that they have and you're the only one that they like. And if if I'm not here, they're going to have a bad day. What I would like you to do is focus on expanding the team because it is not realistic to just have one person who that 
person living with dementia can count on. None of us live that way, okay? Even in our per- even in our lives before we live with dementia, we don't just live a solo life where we are with one person all the time and nobody else is supporting us. We have friends, we have coworkers, we have neighbors, we have the gas station attendant. All these people in our lives are supporting us in one way or another. And so you need to start thinking about how can I expand this team so that it doesn't solely rely on myself. Uh, I once heard a great idea where someone said, take a pile of note cards and just write down everything that you do as a care partner from mowing the lawn and paying the bills to setting up the medications and doing a doctor's appointment. Write down each specific doctor that you see and how often you see them. Really take that time to write everything that you do every day for that person as a care partner, whether it's making them breakfast in the morning, making them lunch, going for a walk in the evening, taking them to the dog park because they love dogs, Whatever it is that you're doing to help that person throughout their day, write it all down on note cards in separate little pieces. And then when someone asks you, what can I do to help? Take a note card and give it to them. Because again, you need to be realistic. Maybe you think you are the only one that could keep a close eye on them at the dog park. But really, you have friends, you have family. You have people that you have entrusted your children with to babysit years ago. So remember now that you can you can entrust them now with your loved one living with dementia and just, you know, give them some tips, give them some um, realistic information so that they know how to help them or maybe have them come to the home and stay with that person in the safety of your own home while you just go out for a little bit. Perhaps it's actually hiring somebody to come in and help. One of the things I hear most frequently from care partners when they get either someone to come and help them in their home or their loved one moves into a care community is that I should have done this sooner. Okay, that is what I hear so many times. Nobody has ever, ever said to me, I I should have waited longer. I remember a gentleman who was taking care of his wife. He had the doors locked in the house. He had you know, prevented ways from her to wander out into the street in the night. He was just really um, running on fumes because he was doing everything for her. And she was a lovely lady. She wasn't somebody who was very challenging. She was somebody that anybody really could sit down and talk with. And he just felt so guilty about thinking about having a home care aide come in and spend a few hours with her a couple times a week. He felt so guilty about it that he put it off and he put it off and he put it off. Finally. He did it, and he went to have some coffee with some friends, a little gentleman's group in his neighborhood that had been getting together for years, and he had been missing out for a long time. And he describes the sense of relief that just washed over him as he sat there with his friends having coffee, saying, I don't need to worry. I don't need to think about what's happening at home right now because I know they're safe. And I'll tell you what, if something happens that someone can't handle, they will call you, okay? We all have cell phones nowadays. We live with communication all the time. So if you are entrusting a friend or somebody that you've hired to care for your loved one while you're away at an event or just taking some time for yourself and you're not sure, you know, and you feel like you're just going to sit there and worry the whole time, no, they will call you if something truly happens that's an emergency. 
All right. It's just like heaven when you used to go out at night and you had the kids with the babysitter. And sometimes probably in the beginning, you started to worry and think about, oh, my goodness, I wonder if they're going to, you know, have any trouble with them getting them to bed. I wonder if they're going to be able to do this. When you first probably started leaving your children at home with a babysitter, you probably had those same questions and worries. But again, they'll call you. If something really, really is bad, they will call you. So just like with babysitting and going out, you probably started to realize over time that you thought less and less about what's happening at home and enjoyed yourself in the moment. If you're doing this for the first time, don't give up, okay? Try everything for at least a month before you give up on it because you may start feeling like, oh gosh, that wasn't worth it because I was so anxious the whole time. I was just worried the whole time. That was one time, okay? Let's do it again and again and again until you feel comfortable with it. You know, there's also ways that burnout can affect your relationships. You can feel alone and unsupported, and you might feel that, like, nobody has a life that is so difficult like yours. You might have anxiety about leaving them alone, or you might be in grief. You know, what you're dealing with right now is ambiguous loss. Ambiguous loss is when the person no longer is the person that you used to know in ways that they were part of the team before, okay? So it's like they're here still, but they're not contributing to the team and the household and the partnership that you had before. It's that ambiguous loss where you're grieving the loss of their abilities and how they were part of the team or partnership before, but yet they're still alive and you're still enjoying moments with them. That is what ambiguous loss is, and that is a really difficult loss to deal with. I recommend joining a support group. It was beautiful to see one of the members of my support group. She joined the support group and she came in and she was just overwhelmed. There were family problems. There were arguments happening. She was dealing with legal action. She was dealing with legal action. She was wanting what was best for her mother. She didn't know how to even take care of herself. And she was just really overwhelmed in the support group. There were a lot of tears. um, And over time in the support group, she found just how helpful it was to feel like you're not alone, that there's somebody else there who knows what you're going through and somebody who can offer advice and also somebody that you can offer advice to. It's very empowering when you're helping somebody else who's in a support group through a challenge that they're having with some ideas that you have or things that you've experienced. So coming to the support group more and more, she started reporting back not only on how her loved one with dementia was doing, but also on how she was doing. And she would talk about some of the things that she was focusing on for herself. Her garden and self-care are just those little things that can fall to the wayside, like planning your meals, making sure that they're healthy, thinking about what your body needs and what your mental and emotional health needs. She was a writer, and she would take some time to do writing. All of these things were outlets so that she was not feeling that caregiver burnout that she came to the group with. Later, we were in the support group one day, and it was just her and one other person. It was summertime. Sometimes we don't have a lot of people join. And there wasn't much to report. And she just thought, Wow, oh my goodness, listen to me. I, I I used to come in here and have a lot to say, a lot to ask about, a lot of concerns. And now I'm telling you that, you know, this isn't what I want. This isn't the best scenario, but I'm doing okay. And we're just all doing the best that we can. And 
wow, has a support group helped me? What a difference it has been from when she joined to now. So please consider a support group. It is more empowering than you know. It is one of those self-care things that you can check off when you feel like, I don't have time for anything to take care of myself. The support group counts, okay? That counts as something that you're doing to take care of yourself. So there you go. Feel good. You're doing something for yourself. Last, I just want to give you a little bit of advice on where to start if you just really are having a hard time deciding, what would I even do for myself anymore? First of all, that means that you've kind of lost yourself, okay? You've lost your sense of self and what you need, and you've only been thinking about what the person living with dementia needs. And although that might be very admirable, it's not realistic and it's not healthy. You need to recognize that. And so maybe start with your friends and say, what did I do before this? And have them help you with, well, you know, we used to talk about the books that we were reading or, hey, you know, we used to go to those car shows and that was always fun. Whatever it is that you used to do with your friends, you might need them to help you remember what that is so that you can learn to plan some of those things to take time for yourself. This information is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to caregiver burnout. There are a lot of resources out there, and I suggest that you go look at them to just take time for yourself. And that might seem like an overwhelming thing, but again, just carve out that little by little when you start with, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to join a support group. It's one hour a month, okay? I can do that. I can do one hour a month for myself, you know? And maybe the second thing I'm going to do is try to get out on a walk once a week, Just take out little by little. You don't have to do the all or nothing approach. Just take out one thing at a time and say, this is what my goals are for myself. Um, And again, ask a family member or friend for help. Ask them if they can sit down with you and help you even think of what could you do for yourself? What could you do for your loved one while they're, um, you know, living with dementia? How can you make sure that they're taken care of, but also that you're taking care of yourself and let them help you with that? Reaching out for support is very important. And again, this is a very helpless disease. So most people want to help, but they don't know how. And when you ask for help, they are so, so happy to hear that they can do something about it because, again, we all feel so helpless with this disease. Until next time, take care. everyone, this is Amy House, and I would love to hear from you. If you go to my website, www.think-dementia.com, you can record a message about the person you're caring for, or maybe a question for yourself and how you can get more support. Again, that's www.think-dementia.com, where you can leave a recording with SpeakPipe, or you can contact me through the contact page. 